The latest power rankings for the NHL are in, and Gil and I have plenty of thoughts on those coming up for a Thursday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On NHL podcast for Thursday. I'm Hunter Hodes, one of the hosts of Locked On Penguins. Joining me today is Gil Martin, the host of Locked On Islanders. Usually it's Jay Foster that joins me for this edition, but he's not going to be doing the Locked On NHL podcast on Thursdays anymore. He just has too much on his plate right now. So wish him the best with the Locked On Blue Jackets podcast. Gil stepping in and we'll have a full-time replacement for Jay pretty soon. Again, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, yeah, we've played about a couple weeks of the NHL season at this rate. And we have the new power rankings as voted on by the hosts of the Locked On NHL podcast. All teams get a all hosts of the teams, excuse me, get a vote for these power rankings. And we're going to start with the Metropolitan Division. I'm not really surprised by these rankings. The Rangers come up in the top spot. They've played really good hockey to start the year. They're 4-2 and two overall. They've won two in a row. After them are the New Jersey Devils. Yes, they did, they did just drop a game to the Washington Capitals on Wednesday night, 6-4. They didn't really look that good in that game. But still, they've been a really good team to start the year. Jack Hughes is a man on a mission yeah. right now. After them, the Philadelphia Flyers, Carolina Hurricanes. The Flyers, I'm not too surprised, but I don't think they're going to keep that top three spot too much longer. They had a pretty decent start to last season as well before they kind of fell off. This team is not going to be that good this year, but still, it's great that they're off to a good start. Carolina, they've been a bit rough, though, to start this season. They're kind of towards the bottom of the Metro realm. I guess middle to the bottom. They're three and four through their first seven games. And then after that, you have the Islanders, Blue Jackets, Penguins, and Capitals. I think I'm totally fine with these rankings as a whole. The Capitals have been a mess to start the year. The Penguins, it's the same thing. They just haven't gotten the goaltending. Same thing with Washington, and the Penguins also haven't just been consistent overall, much like Washington. And then you have the Islanders and the Blue Jackets. They've kind of been up and down this year as well. When you look at the Metropolitan Power Rankings, do you see anything that really jumps out at you that you agree with or disagree with? Uh, you know, I guess to me, the biggest surprise is just the Carolina defense. You know, you expect that team to be a shutdown, win right. a lot of three to two, two to one kind of games. They're letting in a lot of goals. And that really has surprised me. I'm not, if I'm a Hurricanes fan, I'm not hitting the panic button anytime just yet. But I, I'm very surprised at the way this team has started the season. Now, part of it is they're, they're, on a long road trip for part of this uh, early season stretch. But, uh, you know, I expected more from them, especially defensively. And, you know, it's interesting because you have the Islanders, the Capitals, and the Penguins. Those are three of the older teams roster-wise in the NHL. And, you know, I'm a little surprised all three of those teams struggling early where you would think, okay, the older teams would get tired down the road right. and maybe start to fade. They're all off to slow starts also, which I didn't expect. Yeah, I was watching that Capitals-Leafs game just the other night, and I was just like, 
are the Capitals even going to win 30 games this year? Because they were looking really rough to start the year. And yes, they did have that nice game against the Devils. They did blow the 3-0 lead, but it was good that they were able to come back and win it to really get another win this year. For the Penguins, yeah, I mean, they just they haven't gotten some of the consistent goaltending. I think Tristan Jari has been fine, not good enough. And most of all, they haven't gotten depth scoring. It's mainly just been their top two lines. That's going to sink you whoever you play. I feel like. And then for the Islanders, it feels like, Gil, I mean, I know you host the Lockdown Islanders podcast, of course. It feels like it's the Ilya Sorokin show every night with how great he is. And he's been keeping them in every game this year, even though the Islanders have, I guess, struggled a little bit. They have gotten some good wins to start the year. But it feels like overall, when I look at this record and I look at the, the state of that team, it feels like this is just the Ilya Sorokin show. It, it really is. And it, it, the, the amazing thing is, the last two games that he started, which was last Friday against the Devils and then uh, against Colorado on Tuesday, first time in his NHL career, he gave up five or more goals in back-to-back games. And yet out of the 10 goals he gave up, I would say nine of them were not his fault. Like there was maybe one soft, I want that one back kind of goal. And, you know, you, you, you give up 10 goals plus two empty netters in those two games and your goalie is your best player. So go figure, you know, what that means for the Islanders going forward. Right. And obviously they played two of the best teams in the league. I mean, the Avalanche have won 15 straight road games going back to last season. Heck, they come to Pittsburgh tonight to try to make it 16. So that's going to be pretty interesting there as well. But it's it's hard going up against those teams. And just the shots that beat, I think, an elite goalie there, they're going to be really good. I don't think they're, you're going to give up bad goals, I think, to – elite teams or at least you don't want to Carolina I do agree with you though coming into this year I love their defensive group I mean they signed Dimitri Orlov you know they brought back Tony D'Angelo they have Jalen Chatfield they have Brent Burns Brett Pesci though I know he's out now for the next few weeks but up to potentially this is a deep team on defense and with Rod Brindamore's style is it a bit boring yes but it's effective. And you're used to seeing them win those little scoring games. Heck, like the Islanders did a lot under the Barry Trotz era. Right. But you're not seeing that happen yet. I mean, they've had some really odd losses. I mean, they got blown out by the Ducks earlier this year. They had another loss recently where I was like, hmm, that does not doesn't feel like the Carolina Hurricanes that we saw last year. So I think they're still warming up to the season. They're going to be fine, but definitely a weird start for them overall. Do, do you think – Columbus, which is now above 500. And yeah, it's early. I mean, last year injuries really hurt that team. They made some offseason moves. Do you think they're for real this year? It's going to be interesting. I mean, yes, they are three and two and one. I, I'm just not fully sure. I mean, Fantilli, obviously, he got his first goal. Congratulations to him on that. It's going to come down to, I think, their goaltending. Canel Vismers Leakins show that last year was not him. And Mm -hmm. I think if he can give them the least average goaltending, they're going to be in most games. They have the forward group that I think can get the job done. If they can also get a full season of Zach Wierenski, that is massive. He missed all of last season. He's their number one defenseman. I still think they're a year or two away from at least getting back to competing for a playoff spot. But I do think there's the opportunity for them to be maybe a little bit of a dark horse this year. Maybe stay in the race a bit longer compared to last year. I mean, you want to be in the race longer than you were last year because they were a lottery team last year. But maybe being in the race for as long as, say, Detroit was last year, maybe even Ottawa, give your fans something to cheer about heading into March, heading into April. I think that would be considered a successful season for the Jackets. And then next year and maybe the year after, 
that's when you start pushing for a playoff spot. I don't think they're a playoff team yet, but I do think they're starting to hopefully trend in that direction. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think they're better. We're just going to see how much, how fast. Agreed. I I definitely agree with that. Before we head to a break, though, we're going to get to the Atlantic division here. And Gil, the Boston Bruins, it's funny. I picked them to miss the playoffs going into this season. I'm looking like a complete moron right now with how the Bruins have started. This team is 6-0-0. and Yes, the teams they faced haven't been the greatest. There's no murderer's row of teams in their first six games, but you can only play the schedule that you're given. And so far, they've played some really good hockey, despite not having Patrice Bergeron, one of the best two-way centers of this generation, and David Krejci, who also retired. I mean, they have Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka as their top two centers, and they're still winning games. They come in at number one on the Atlantic Division power rankings. No surprise. The Red Wings at number two, they have been a house on fire, five and one and one through their first seven games, looking like a playoff team, at least right now. That's going to be interesting to see if they can keep that up. Dylan Larkin has been awesome. Alex Dabrinkit is lighting it up for the Red Wings. What a trade Steve Eisenman pulled off there from Ottawa. The Maple Leafs come in at number three. That's fine with me. They're four and two. They're playing strong hockey. Austin Matthews has been really good to start the year. Their core players as a whole, I feel like, have been really good to start the year. After that, you got Tampa Bay at number four. They're going to, I think, hover in that range until Andre Vasilevsky comes back. They just got to hold down the fort, I feel like, until he's ready. Ottawa, number five. Montreal at six. Buffalo, seven. Florida, eight. I will say, I've been kind of disappointed with the Sabres so far this season. Yes, they did win their last game, but... Start off the season two and four. They're three and four right now. Their goal scoring hasn't been there compared to where it was last year. Defensively, they haven't been as good. Devin Levi has let in a few squeakers. Just haven't been impressed with them as a whole. I do think Montreal is going to slide down the power rankings later on this year. Obviously, that Kirby Doc injury is a massive killer. Yeah. And then for Florida, they've been 500. They're kind of where I guess I expect them to be. I do think they're going to make the playoffs, but they're also battling two massive injuries right now with Ekblad and Montour. When you look at these power rankings for the Atlantic, what jumps out at you? Uh, You know, Boston, I think, to me, I'm also surprised. I mean, I thought they'd make the playoffs, but I didn't think they would be as dominant as they've been so far. And four out of their six games so far have been on the road, which makes it even more impressive to me. When I look at Tampa Bay and Florida, two teams that are really dealing with some serious injuries. You mentioned uh, Tampa Bay with the goaltending. Florida has two of their top defensemen out for the first part of the year. They're, as you said, going to be treading water until uh, they get their injured players back. But I I think those two teams will eventually be competitive. And as far as Buffalo goes, I'm surprised at the lack of offense more than anything else because – you know there is offensive talent on this team. Uh, the, the goaltending was going to be the big question, and yet right now the offense has been more of a concern, I think, than the goaltending. Right. I agree with you. And apologies if anyone heard my wonderful dog barking downstairs. He's probably just mad that my other dog has a toy. But I, I agree with you. It's been weird that you haven't seen Tage Thompson you know, fully get going yet. Yeah, he, he's going to because he's one of the best goal scorers in hockey. But overall, just their offensive game, Hasn't gotten there yet, and hopefully it does. I picked them to make the playoffs and end their long streak this year, but you know we'll have to see. Ottawa, I'm also a little surprised so so far. They're only three and three through their first six games. Goaltending has been kind of up and down for them right. so far, and <clears throat> excuse me, I know they have the Shane Pinto situation now with a 41 game suspension. That's obviously not good for them, but I do think eventually they're going to start to 
win some more games. I think they're going to kind of hold up the power rankings at some point too. Yeah, I think they'll be competitive for a playoff spot. And and I didn't expect Detroit to be this good this fast. Uh, I, I thought they'd be better. I thought they'd be in the mix for the playoffs. But wow, what a start. I agree. Yeah, it's been awesome to see Detroit off to this start considering how you know, it's been a while since we've seen really good hockey out of Detroit. I mean, usually we're used to seeing them in the playoffs, not the last seven years at least, but it's great to see them have a more competitive team this year. But that'll do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, Gil and I are going to get into the power rankings for the Central Division, and if there are any surprises there, plus could we see other changes with that one going forward? That's coming up really soon. But before we get to that, we got to talk to you all about FanDuel, America's number one sports bill. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and Locked On. All right, we're back here on this Thursday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Andre Hodes, joined by Gil Martin of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So Gil, let's get to the central now. No surprise that top spot is held by the Colorado Avalanche, a team that is on fire right now as well, just like the Boston Bruins. 6-0-0 to start the year, showing everyone that, oh yeah, we're back after a first-run exit to the Seattle Kraken last year. This is a team that, going back to last season, has won 15 straight games on the road. They'll try to make it 16 against the Penguins on Thursday night. Kale McCarr is a one-man wrecking crew to start this season. Nathan McKinnon has been unbelievable. Miko Rantanen. Logan O'Connor has also had a really nice start to the season. Ryan Johansson has scored a couple of goals. I really like that move that they made over the offseason where they're not paying him nearly as much as Nashville was paying him. They're only giving Johansson $4 million to be their second-line center. It's a lot better than paying him $8 million, that's for sure. This team overall is so good. Even without Gabriel Landeskog, I've had a joy watching them this year. I'm going to have a lot of fun watching them on Thursday night. No surprise if they're in the top spot. Yeah, I got to see them Tuesday against the Islanders, and boy, are they a fast, skilled, and exciting team to watch. You talk about hitting on all cylinders. This team can beat you in so many different ways with so many different players, and they really are on the top of their game right now. It's almost a shame for Colorado that the playoffs don't start tomorrow. I know, because they would just be going in as the favorite for the Stanley Cup, even though it would have just been six games. After them, you have the Dallas Stars. No surprise there either. They are 4-0-1 to start the year. Just saw them on Tuesday night, Gil, playing the Penguins. That team is so good. They are so – they have that beautiful mix of veteran and young players. They're so deep. They're so skilled. They have everything you want in a Stanley Cup contender. And, oh, yeah, they have a top five to seven goalie in the league. Jake Ottinger is tremendous. I love watching Miro Haskinen. Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn are still kicking really nicely. Jason Robertson is unbelievable. That team is a ton of fun to watch. 
They really are. And how does it feel? You know, if you're the, the Dallas Stars, you're off to a 4-0-1 start and you're three points behind the first place team right. in your division. I mean, that's that's got to be a, a little bit of a kick in the pants for the Stars. But they're doing what they have to do, winning their games, looking like a very strong, balanced, deep team. And they're going to be there all the way through this season, barring a major injury. Agreed. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs pretty easily, in my opinion. And yes, they have the game in hand. So if they win that game in hand, they'll still be Gil, one point behind the Colorado Avalanche. After those two teams, you have a tie with the Minnesota Wild and the Arizona Coyotes. I've been impressed with Arizona to start the year. 3-3-0. Three, three Clayton Keller's been good. I love Logan Cooley. He's going to be a massive candidate for the Calder this year, obviously alongside Connor Bedard. I think Connor Bedard is going to win it, but Cooley is going to give him a run for his money. Don't mistake that. It sucks that Jason Zucker is out week to week. It's, I mean, unbelievable that the Penguins got a full season out of him last year, considering how banged up he's gotten. But Arizona is also kind of like the, the Blue Jackets a little bit, Gil. A sneaky dark horse team this year. I actually could see Arizona getting in more than I could Columbus, just because I think the Central is not as good compared to the Metro. I think when you look at the Central, you have Colorado and Dallas, Minnesota usually... After that, I feel like it's really anyone's game. And you're seeing so far this year with Arizona off to a decent start, you have the Wild at three and two and one. I think they're going to wake up sooner rather than later, but I'm actually not surprised that Arizona is tied for third in these power rankings. There is a lot of young talent on that Arizona team. And again, five of their six first games on the road. I did get to see them against the Islanders and I was impressed with the, the way that they played disciplined hockey for a very young team. I mean, six games into the season, they've only given up 15 goals. Uh, and, and again, five of the six games on the road. And the, the scary thing about the Coyotes is because they are a young team and they have a lot of players who are still adjusting to life in the NHL, they're going to get probably better as the season goes on. I agree. I'm actually excited to watch Arizona this year. And I know I haven't, I don't think anyone's really been able to say that these last few years, <laughs> yeah. but this team does have a lot of young talent, a lot of really good players. Again, there's definitely have the possibility that they could, you know, potentially sneak into the playoffs at the central division is maybe worse than I think it is. And I still think it's pretty bad. After that, with the Wild and the Coyotes, you have the St. Louis Blues coming in with the Predators after that. The Blues, I mean, I just saw the Blues last Friday. They beat the Penguins, though. I still don't think this Blues team is going to be that good this year. They do have some decent forwards in Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Pavel Buchnevich, Brandon Saad. The list goes on and on. That part of the lineup is good. Defensively, though, they give it back a little bit. You know, if you have Nick Letty on your top pairing, I don't think you're seriously a contender for a playoff spot at this point. I, I, I don't. I think Nick Letty's a fine player. I don't think he's a top pairing defenseman at this point. And then Jordan no. Bennington, I think it's just kind of overpaid. He's been fine at the start of the year, but he's also just making too much money. I don't really think the Blues are going to be a playoff team this year, but hey, at least they're off to, you know, kind of 500, but two and two and one. If you take out that overtime loss and make it a regular loss, they're two and three. And then you have obviously the Predators in there too. The Predators are such a weird team to me. I think they're just in that spot where you don't want to be they're not good enough i think to fully compete for a cup but they're also not bad enough to be a lottery team and that's i think the worst place to be as a team yeah that's sort of in hockey purgatory yeah. in that sense but you know what it is this is a year of adjustment for the predators you have a new coach a new general manager 
kind of a new approach there. And look, their goal differential right now, even though they're three and four, is a plus one. I I get the feeling you're right. They're going to be sort of middle of the pack. They'll probably either just make or just miss the playoffs. But to me, the key in Nashville is sort of defining what you want to be and taking those steps to start to become that kind of a team. I agree. And I do think as long as UC Soros stays healthy, plays the way he's played the last several years, he's going to try to will them as much as he can to a playoff spot. I mean, he's that good of a goalie. Philip Forsberg is off to a really good start. They beat the Rangers pretty bad last week, and he was a big reason for that. I'm, I always love watching Philip Forsberg. The team that I do think is a little too far low in the standings. The Winnipeg Jets, they come in at number seven, the Blackhawks are number eight. No surprise on the Blackhawks. They're two and five to start the year, though one of the wins is over the team that I cover, the Penguins, which is obviously very annoying and unfortunate. But for the Jets, they're three and three right now. They come in at fourth in the Central. It's weird, though, that they're seventh in the standing skill, considering that they're 500 and they're above some teams that they have more points than and a better record than. Again, I don't think the Jets are going to be that good this year, I think there's definitely a chance that they make the playoffs considering, you know, Connor Hellebuck, you have right. Ehlers, you have Kyle Connor. There is legit good talent on that team. I just I disagree with them that the fact that they're a bit low in the standings. I agree with you. Look, I think the fact that they got off to a one and three start before right. winning their last two, I think some of the voters probably had that in the back of their minds. And Winnipeg just seems to get overlooked. They're a team that maybe doesn't get the respect that they deserve. Not that they're world beaters or anything like that at this point. But, you know, to me, Connor Hellebuck is going to keep them in most games that they play. There is enough offensive talent. The depth is the big question for Winnipeg. And, you know, they're one of those teams, again, especially in the Central Division, which is not the strongest, as you mentioned. You know, they're going to either just make or just miss the playoffs, depending probably on how healthy they stay. Right. I I agree with that. And as I said earlier with the Central Division, the opportunity is there for the Winnipeg Jets to make the playoffs this year. I would not be surprised in the slightest if they did, just because that division is pretty weak. But maybe if a team like Arizona comes up and surprises, heck, maybe even a team like Nashville comes up and surprises, I think that team could be pushed down a little bit. Overall, I'm not really too upset about these rankings. The only change I would really make is just moving Winnipeg up a bit. But that'll do it for the second segment. Coming up to end the show, Gil and I are going to give our thoughts on the power rankings for the Pacific Division. Who's too high? Who's too low? That's coming up right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. Unrest in the Middle East, fires in Hawaii, hurricanes and tornadoes in Florida, earthquakes, and more. And these can lead to supply chain shortages for medications or the inability to get medications in a timely manner. So your solution is the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And now you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. And hey, look, you can even get a gift card to get a Jace case for family, friends, or loved ones so they can get a case of their own. Just go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. You could have a player score 50 goals. Your favorite team could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you can win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like like Alexander Ovechkin or uh, McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, will they record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game? To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to cor- correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, hockey fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your pick so you could start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for detail and for locational availability. All right, we're back here on this Thursday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I'm Andre Hodes of Locked On Penguins. That is Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. So wrapping up the power rankings, we get to the Pacific Division, and there's no surprise who is at the top. The defending Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights, off to a ridiculous 7-0-0 start, 14 points. They already have a plus 15 goal differential. They have scored 28 goals in seven games. This team is nasty right now they're scoring a bunch they're defending really well they're getting great goaltending looking like another one of the teams to beat in the NHL if not the team to beat this year and I know Colorado and Boston are off to great starts but there's no better start right now than the Vegas Golden Knights isn't there supposed to be like a Stanley Cup hangover you know not there not for some reason even though it's in Vegas you go on the rubber chicken circuit you have all these banquets everyone's telling you how good you are you're supposed to get off to a slow start Vegas does not believe in that. And boy, are they really playing some good hockey. They are a tough team to beat. You almost get the feeling that they're like clinching a playoff spot almost now. I mean, it's kind of almost the same with Colorado and maybe even Boston. If they continue this hot start, I know they had a crazy start last year too, but Vegas, yeah, looking like one of the teams, if not the team to beat in the NHL right now, after them, the Vancouver Canucks coming at number two. I said it before the season started. I picked the Vancouver Canucks to make the playoffs this year. I love their forward group. I love Elias Pettersson. I love Quinn Hughes on the back end. I think he is super underrated as a defenseman in the league. And if they can get good goaltending and have Thatcher Demko stay healthy, this is a playoff team this year. So far, they've gotten off to a solid start. Four and two in their first six games. No surprise that they come in at number two. Kings at number three. They're also off to a good start. Three and two and one. I think you've seen, well, in my opinion, I think those are three dynamite playoff teams from the Pacific Division this year, all off to really good starts. Yeah, no question about that. And and yet, you know, there were some teams that a lot of people were expecting to do well who are not off to a good start right now. And I think that's the bigger surprise. I mean, did you expect Edmonton to start one, four, and one? No, no. And obviously part of that does come with Connor McDavid being out for a week or two. That's a big injury killer. And he's going to miss the heritage classic this 
classic excuse me this weekend, which is very unfortunate. But yeah, one in four and one from the Oilers. They have been a tire fire this year. Not getting the scoring defensively, they've been a wreck. Jack Campbell in net has been awful. And that deal continues to age like milk for the Oilers. Even Stuart Skinner, I feel like, hasn't been nearly as good as he was last year. Again, it's only been six games, but they're definitely not off to a good start. And honestly, I can say that for the rest of the teams in this division, Gil. Outside of the Knights, outside of the Kings and the Canucks, every other team in this division has been poor to start the year. The Flames are two and four and one. They come in next in the power rankings. The Kraken have the same record. The Ducks are two and four. The Sharks are 0 and five and one. But we knew the Sharks were going to be a lottery team this year. They actually might get the number one overall pick this year. That's how bad that team is. And they are last in the power rankings for the Pacific. After Calgary, you have Seattle, Edmonton, and Anaheim. I would actually move Anaheim above Edmonton. That's probably one of the only changes I would make for the Pacific. But a lot of bad starts for teams in this division. Yeah, and the one I'm most surprised about besides Edmonton is Seattle. You know, they surprised so many people last year. Probably, according to most experts, they were a year ahead of schedule. And now here they are, you know, off to the slow start. And, you know, that that I'm a little surprised about. But, you know, you talked about San Jose before. Only team without a win so far this year. And eight goals scored in six games. Do you think they mix Carlson at all? I I, I would say that, yes. It's, it's going to – I mean, I, I said this earlier about the Capitals – I do not think the Sharks are even going to get close to 30 wins this year. I think it's going to be a bit lower than that. That team is built to tank. You're seeing that so far. It's just not a good hockey team. And I agree with you about Seattle. The thing with the Kraken is this. I don't think they're nearly as bad as they were in year one. I also don't think they're nearly as good as they were last year. I think it's they're somewhere in the middle. I would lean towards the team that we saw last year a little bit. But I do think it's closer to the middle. I think they're a playoff team, but I don't think they're a team that is going to make the noise that you saw they made last year. That's just my opinion, though, on it. But I still think they're maybe a star player or two away from fully competing for the Stanley Cup. I'm not surprised by the Flames. I wasn't high on the Flames heading into this year. They still have some trouble generating offense. I know Daryl Sutter is not there anymore, but they've definitely had quite a bit of trouble this year already it's kind of been the same issues i think that flames fans saw last year but do you have anything else on the pacific division before we wrap up well i mean do you think the oilers write the ship especially when mcdavid comes back i do think so i think this team is too good to not write the ship and mcdavid is also too good to let this team sink same with leon dreisaitl yes it's a bad start they've been really bad they lost some games that they probably would not have lost last year but i do think this team is going to figure it out and they will make the playoffs by the end of the year. I agree with you. But I think that will do it for this Thursday edition of the Locked on NHL podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to slash watching this one. Gil, you'll be right back here tomorrow with Rachel of the Locked yes. on Flyers podcast. So for everyone that listens to the show on Friday, you all have that to look forward to. I'll be back next week. Hopefully I'll have a new full-time host. If not, I'm sure Gil or someone else will be pinch hitting for that one as well. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. The Locked on NHL podcast will be back with a Friday episode tomorrow.